Welcome to the Quantum Growth Podcast, empowering financial advisors to build practices for the 21st century by providing insights and interviews on leadership, strategy, and practice management. Now here is your host, Barron's Hall of Fame advisor, Jonathan Cutton. Hello to our listeners at Quantum Growth for Financial Advisors. Excited to be here today. Um, truly excited for our guest today, someone uh, who I have a business and personal and friendship relationship with, um, who I have actually learned a ton from. I'm embarrassed to say, you'll see we kid each other uh, a lot today. And uh, for those of you who are um, you know, uh, listeners and, and uh, avid listeners, I will often often reference a great English accent. In fact, I've gotten some people to try to actually emulate that accent. And today I bring the man, the myth, the legend with a real English accent, my good friend, Paul Latham. So with that, Paul, uh, thanks for being here today. And maybe you can give a quick hello uh, to the audience. Yeah. Hi, John. And, and hello to everyone uh, listening to Quantum Growth. I'm delighted to be here today and, you know, really appreciate you asking me on. So thank you very much. And here's my English accent. You know, I sound a bit funny and I do say process, not process, but, you know, hopefully you understand what I'm saying. Is it a process or a process, Paul? It's a process. It's a process. process. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, and we'll, we'll, I'll try to be in my best behavior. Paul and I, like a lot of my guests lately, uh, like to poke fun at each other a little bit, but uh, I, I will be on my best behavior as long as you are, Paul. Of course. And, and, and by the way, John, um, learning a lot from each other is entirely reciprocated in all truthfulness. Oh, another compliment. Love it. Every time I get someone on the show, I get to hear uh, a compliment. It's amazing how that works. I think that's called the laws of reciprocity we teach, isn't it, Paul? That, that's one of the things I learned from you, John. <laughs> Well, there you go. I like it. Coming back, coming back to me in spades. I love it. So, um, you know, I, I'm going to give a brief introduction and then Paul, I'm going to ask you to give a little bit more formal introduction um, about yourself, but I, I will just share and then I'll let Paul go through kind of his career track and, and a little bit about what he does today. Um, Paul is from my perspective, and I know a lot of bright people uh, who've been very successful entrepreneurs. Uh, one of the best entrepreneurs I know, um, and more specifically, um, someone who is really good at that word that we like to make fun of, process, right? And really making things tangible, making things real, and taking complicated business matters, if you will, and making them much simpler. Um, you know, so with that, Paul, um, and, and by the way, Paul is actually a chartered accountant, as he'll explain. Um, maybe you can just take a minute and uh, just kind of walk everyone through your career track. Yep. Okay. Welcome to. Um, yeah. So as you say, John, I'm a chartered accountant, uh, which is pretty similar to a CPA in the USA. There, there, are, there are some differences. CPAs are a little more tax orientated. Chartered accountants are a little more, uh, as you say, business orientated. Um, but I, I started uh, as a chartered accountant or trained to be one in 1980, qualified in 83. Um, became a partner uh, at my, the accounting firm I was with, which was a sort of small, small town local firm, um, mid 80s. And basically, we, we were very, very traditional accounting firm, you know, doing all that backward looking stuff that accountants in the USA still love to do. And somewhere around, I don't know, I think it was the early 1990s, about 93, um, the Institute of Chartered Accountants in England, they issued a great big thick report and a huge report, um, but it basically said four or five things. Um, essentially, it said, what you do is provide a commodity. And if you carry on doing this, your future's pretty bleak. You're gonna be working harder and harder and faster and faster for less and less money per hour, essentially. And you're gonna be having no fun. And my partners and I, we, you know, we sat around a table and said, let's not do that. <laughs> and, and, and basically we became what we called forward-looking accountants. And there's a whole journey um, then for the next few years, I'm sure we'll touch on it later, but uh, basically we sold that business in 2001, sold it for about $45 million. Um, and then I went on to do some other business things. I, I, along with one of my former partners at the accounting firm, took a business public, we did an IPO, we grew it to 
400 people, 400 million market cap. It was a massive learning experience, learned a lot. Um, really good timing, got out of that in late 2007. Um, and, and then actually invested in another business, nothing to do with accountancy in 2008. Uh, bought that for, I think about $400,000. And we grew it and sold it in 2018 for about $50 million. And then somewhere in the middle of that, um, I, I decided I wanted a change of life and I moved to the US. And I, I had no intention <clears throat> at that time of working with accountants. But, but when I moved to the US in basically 2012, almost by accident, I spotted that accountants in the US were sort of like in this time warp. Um, all the changes we went through in the UK back in the 90s were happening here. And so I thought, oh, um, this is sort of like being in a time machine. I don't know if you've ever watched a, a TV program called Doctor Who. He has a time machine. And I said to my friends in England, um, basically, I feel like I've gone back in time 20 years. And, and, and I've got this opportunity basically to work with accountants to help them through the changes we've already been through. And so that's how we started Hayden Rock. And, and, and that's how I got to doing what I'm doing today and working with people like yourself, John. No, extremely well said, Paul. And um, uh, truly, Paul's one of the best entrepreneurs uh, that I know. And what Paul, I think, is best at uh, and actually likes to do best is fix businesses, is actually look at small businesses, whether it be a accounting firm, a wealth management firm, a widget factory. Uh, yeah. And he's got lots of tools um, that basically are replicatable, whether it is a widget factory or a CPA firm. Um, so, I, I, Paul, maybe you can elaborate a little bit more on what Hayden Rock does, which, by the way, uh, to the listeners, is, uh, is how I met Paul, um, is uh, we built a, a bit of a partnership uh, as it related to Hayden Rock, and I've been able to take what Paul built at Hayden Rock and be able to use that to actually help my own practice with our CPA firms, as well as help advisors that have gone through my coaching program uh, to also build more meaningful relationships with CPA firms. And for those of you who listened to a couple of episodes ago, uh, Paul and I built this collaboration with Anton Anderson, who I interviewed in what we now call the Elite Mastermind Group, where we all have very different and distinct roles. But it's all around providing more value to CPAs. And as a listener, um, who's interested in working more closely with CPAs and being able to get that wealth management business. Um, I believe what Paul offers is really where that CPA industry is going. So Paul, maybe you could just talk a little bit. I'll hit you with the cut in two questions. Yeah. Uh, question I was just trying to work out what the question was, John, but carry on. Yeah, yeah. I'm almost there. Yes, Paul. <laughs> I, I could frame things out, as you might have known, Paul. Have you ever heard me talk? Frame You're the master of framing yourself, John. Master. Yes, thank you. Matt, the compliments are flowing today. I love it. So the two questions are, you're making me laugh, so I'm going to forget my two questions. One uh, is, you know, when you think about um, uh, Hayden Rock, tell us a little bit more about what Hayden Rock does. Uh, and I think the second question is, how do you see um, that parallel? You talked about what happened uh, you know, in England back in the day to the accounting world and how you and your firm change. What are those parallels that you're seeing here in the US? Yep, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll do my best with those two questions. John, they're quite, quite big and wide ranging, but I mean, in terms of the first one, that, that's probably simpler. Um, Hayden Rock really, really, really broadly does two things. Um, it helps CPAs to better serve their clients. So we help the CPA to work better with their clients in two or three respects, and I'll talk about those. And then the other way is we actually help the accounting firm to build a better accounting business. So I'm in, in that case, I'm working with the accounting firm almost like any other business. So we're helping them to build a better business. So if you look at the, the first of those areas, which is helping the accounting firm to serve their clients better. Specifically, we sort of do it in two ways. Um, it, what I'd call the basic service, or the core service, in fact, we actually call it, um, is really helping the accountant to reposition themselves and to become more proactive. So rather than being reactive and backward looking, they're becoming more proactive and forward looking. And we have a whole process there 
um, that, that we use to do that. And we, we help them with diagnostics. We help them with a planning process. We introduce them to something we call a virtual family office. Um, and, and, the, and the benefit of that virtual family office is, and this is particularly helpful for, you know, relatively small CPA firms, you know, maybe less than seven partners or so. I mean, their biggest problem is that they, they have a great personal touch with their clients, but probably they lack a certain amount of resource to solve their clients' problems. And by introducing the virtual family office, we can essentially broaden their expertise so that in fact, not only can they compete with the largest accounting firms, they can actually beat them. Uh, and so from an accounting firm's perspective, that sort of basic service of helping you to become proactive, helping you with the planning process, helping provide virtual expertise. I mean, the CPAs pretty much by and large love that process. Um, and the biggest thing about that is it's really helping them to change their behavior because you say, I mean, we only work with CPAs who, who say they have the desire for change and they're ready for change. And, and intellectually, I mean, I think a lot of, I mean, it's interesting actually, because I've been here since 2012. And when I first started talk, talking to CPAs back in, you know, around about that time, I would, I, I would position them as being, yeah, they, they sort of recognized the problem that they were facing, but I think it was sort of latent rather than blatant. And yeah, they were interested. They were always interested in talking to me. I have a nice accent and all that sort of stuff and, and, and things to say. So they, they always loved listening, but it, it wasn't critical for them to change. It was sort of aspirational. So I think where they were back in 2012 was it was late. It was a latent problem and it was an aspirational change. Today, that's changed. Yeah, it's pretty blatant to them. They have to change. And, and it's pretty critical to them. They have to change. And, and by the way, the last 12 months has accelerated that significantly so they get it they do know they have to do it but knowing that you have to do it and then sort of being able to do it behaviorally is quite different um, I, I often liken it to brushing your teeth and, and you know it's a you're, you're in a habit of brushing your teeth I'm right-handed I brush my teeth with my right hand um, let's just imagine that there was some sort of mythical um, sort of analysis done that said actually if you brush your teeth with your left hand fantastic you you know you dental hygiene will be so much better. So intellectually you get it, you think, okay, I better start brushing my teeth with my left hand. But are you gonna be able to do that? It's, it, you've got this ingrained habit of doing it the way you've always done it. And it's a bit like, that right hand, left hand example is a bit like, I know I've got to stop looking backwards and I've got to start looking forwards, but doing it is a different matter. And so what we're really helping them, yes, we're helping them with the systems, the things I've described, but we're also really coaching them in that behavioral stuff so that we help them to do the things that they actually want to do. And, and so that's the sort of basic service we provide, the core service, and sort of going into it, maybe a tad more detail than you wanted me to in the original question. Um, once they've done that, quite a lot of these CPAs want to do a bit more. And in particular, they want to position themselves not just as somebody who's proactively serving their clients but actually adding value to their clients themselves and so business advisory is the particular area uh, we, we 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 take them through a process of business advisory and as you said i try and simplify it um, so i i essentially break business advice down into six key aspects six key areas i always say these six key areas of business advice represent pretty much 80 percent of everything you need to know if you're trying to help a business and you mentioned small businesses and i i think this really applies to businesses you know any business more than about a million of revenue and less than about 20 million of revenue they're in a place i call the in-between zone they're, they're somewhere in between being totally entrepreneurial but not yet properly managed and they need help and they don't need fancy consulting help they need basic common sense business advice and so what we do with the accountants if they want it, is not only to provide the help with the proactivity and the access to expertise, but, but then upgrade to providing business advisory help. And, and by the way, if they don't want to do that, we also outsource it for them so that we can provide that service to their clients. I think that was question one. Um, uh, yeah, well, and, and the other aspect, which I probably haven't really touched on too much, but it's then helping them with their own accounting business. 
And really, all, all we're doing there is exactly the same as we do with any business owner client. I mean, the only advantage I have is that I really, really, really understand the accounting business. And so I can come from that, that sort of level of experience. I always say to the accountants, I have three things to offer you. I really empathize with you because I am an accountant, but I've also owned a number of other businesses. So I think I get your business owner clients. And then the third one, which we've already talked about, uh, is that I have a time machine and I, I can pretty much tell you what's going to happen and, and, and I can really help you with making that change. So those are the things, that, that was question one, I think, John, which was what do we do at Hayden Rock? Uh, and then question two was sort of, I think, referencing the changes. Do you, I don't know if you want to butt in for a couple of seconds there and before I get to question two. Yes, no, I think, uh, I think that was great. And um, you're not detailed at all, Paul, are you? No, no, I have absolutely no no level of detail. Oh yeah, I'm I'm not an accountant for nothing, you know. No, so I I, I want to um, also take what Paul said, and there's a ton of brilliance in everything that Paul had just said. Here's here's what I see, right? And this is what we do in our business, and what we help advisors do uh, in their businesses is, you know, if you put together some of those pieces, the CPA world is changing. Right, as Paul says, from going backwards looking to going forward looking. Um, and what that really means is CPAs need to reinvent themselves and not necessarily focus on commoditized activities like compliance and tax returns and audits. That will always be part of what they do. But CPAs are looking to get more involved in value based billing, right? Where they can actually charge for their intellectual capital what they know how they can help their business owners, clients grow or their personal clients. And the reality of it is like Paul's analogy with brushing teeth, while they know they need to do that and it would be good for them, it's really hard to actually do that. So what we teach advisors to do is to be able to partner with Paul and his firm at Hayden Rock um, so that they can actually be inserted inside of a CPA firm and help that CPA firm actually make that change, right? And there's a whole process around that. And Paul, that would probably be helpful. I think where we're headed next is when you think about the Hayden Rock process, maybe again in you know two minutes or less, you can go through um, kind of what that looks like. So a CPA firm says, um, yes, I'd like to do this. I'd like to be more valuable, but I might not know how. Yeah. As the advisor, that introduction's made to Hayden Rock. And then what does that process actually look like of what the CPA does with the business owner client? And I know they'll they'll you know, we allow the CPA firms to actually outsource this work to you and your team, which works really well because they get to see it live. But kind of what does that whole process look like? Right. So I mean, in terms of the advisor linking up with the CPA, we actually we have a process we call the ask process. And in fact, the, the background to this, John, it was actually yourself. Because um, obviously, as most people know, CPAs don't change quickly and they won't make a decision in one meeting or one conversation. And, and, and one of your little phrases, John, was um, get them to do something. And, and so the whole point of the ask process was to keep moving the accountants along, but getting them to do something so we get to the place we want to get to. So essentially, the first part is we, we, we train the account, the, the advisor to just have an initial conversation with the CPA, essentially along the lines of, you know, world's changing, moving from backwards to forwards. Actually, we think we can help you. Uh, we have some thought leaders, we have systems, we have processes. Would you be interested? in just having an hour's conversation to learn more. And so, yes. So we then have a second meeting and that's when we become involved. And we begin to take that accountant through the journey that they're going to go on. And essentially at the end of that meeting, you know, we've explained what we're gonna do. We've shown them how it's gonna work. We've, we've, we've given them some detail and we sort of put them into a traffic like system. And the accountant says either red, I'm not interested or green, I'm, you know, basically I'm ready to go <clears throat> or quite often they're somewhere in between, they're orange and they need a little, little bit more conversation and discussion, in which case I get a bit more involved. But assuming they're going forward, step three, they do a fact finder. <clears throat> and then the real critical step is step four, 
where we sit down and we basically spend about half a day, it's about four hours, um, where we have the advisor and the accountant together and we do something that I call a vision workshop. But what we're, well, on the, really what we're doing is we're creating a game plan, a, a game plan for the next, you know, sort of certainly the next six months, maybe the next 12 months of what they're going to do forming a partnership together. And out of that vision, we also create what I call a one-page plan, which is essentially an action plan. And, and, and part of that is also, we're creating what I would call, certainly in England, we'd call a social contract. It's a contract of behavior. You know, we're gonna do this together. We're gonna collaborate. We're gonna hold each other accountable and so on. So you're sort of forming a game plan. The, the unstated benefit of that workshop is that it's sort of like due diligence because within that workshop, I mean, the accountant and the advisor are spending four hours together and they can sort of work out whether they like each other and whether they're going to work well together. And, and, and we can, you know, more often than not, that goes forward. Sometimes they decide, actually, I'm not sure I want to work with you. But, but I think that's just as big of a result. <laughs> and then assuming that they're going forward, we take that one page plan and we go to the fifth stage, which is essentially coaching. And we coach those accountants sort of and we have bi-weekly sessions where the accountant and the advisor are agreeing, you know, which clients are we going to talk to, um, which clients are we going to approach, here's the process for talking to them, here's the presentation and so on. And basically we're, we're just, what we're doing really is, I think you have an analogy, John, about the dating process and, you know, that interminable dating that goes on between the advisor and the accountant and, you know, some promise of reciprocity and so on. And what we do massively is shorten that. Uh, it's to, to, to sort of coin a phrase, it's shortening the runway. So within a month, we've either worked out whether we're going to work well together or not. And within a further three months, we are actually forming a partnership. And as you said, John, the, the advisor is positioned as part of the accountant's team inside their business, which is a world away from that dating thing. And, you know, perpetually going to the movies and sharing popcorn, et cetera. So you know, in, in essence, that, that ask process shortens it, forms deep bonds, um, and basically makes it happen and helps them to change that behavior that we talked through. Yeah, no, well said, Paul. Um, and it, it gets, you know, gets to a point where I think to your point, it kind of expedites that process, right? And think about it this way. Um, this is how I think about it really what you're doing is you're bringing to CPA firms that you already have a level of relationship with in some cases, right? So a lot of our listeners already work with a CPA firm or two or five um, that might not be getting the results that they want, right? Or as you meet new CPAs, if you meet a new CPA today, you could lead them into what Paul calls this ask process, right? that brings them through this process and ultimately gets them uh, to this vision workshop where everything gets cemented. But here's the important point that I think is really critical is in essence, what you're doing is you're ultimately having within your practice as an advisor, a coach to coach the CPA firm that you're trying to work with. And here's the really important part guys, the smaller the firm, CPA firm, meaning a million in revenue or under, maybe a sole proprietorship with a couple of staff people, as an example, um, the easier it is, let's say, to build a relationship. When you get into that two, three, five, seven person accounting firm, they are less intrigued by referring financial planning business, investments and such, they're much more intrigued about doing more for their best clients and creating a bigger profit center, value-based billing to actually provide more value. And ultimately what happens, because I've sat in dozens and dozens and dozens, maybe hundreds uh, of these vision workshops that Paul or folks on Paul's team uh, have conducted with CPAs and business owners, which I wanna talk a little bit about uh, in a minute as well, Paul. But, um, at the end of each and every one of them, I don't think I've ever been in one that doesn't end with part of that one page plan that the CPA has to improve his or her business is they should always add wealth management, insurance yep. and business advisory services. There's usually a half dozen or so other opportunities to improve. 
But because there's an external expert looking at a business like Paul and saying in a nice way, maybe you could do it in the English accent, hey fool, you've got all these clients, you can just do more for them. Um, un uh, unbelievably, it's a profit from another land, even though you brought the profit in as the advisor, the CPA talks to Paul, who's an expert in these matters and goes, oh yeah, that's a great idea, right? So I kind of look at it as this profit from another land perspective. And Paul, maybe you could just comment on that. And then I, I also just wanted to drill down a little bit um, because that's the process to get the CPA to say yes, right? But then you actually have a process to actually, which is similar to what we just described, actually help the businesses grow yep. in the CPA firm as well, their business owner clients. Yes, exactly. So, I mean, just commenting on that, you're quite right. This ask process works, whether it's a brand new CPA relationship or an existing one. And it's probably about 50-50 actually. And certainly, Plenty of times where, I mean, I actually do the advisor vision workshops by themselves and plenty of times what comes out is, oh, I've got two or three CPA relationships uh, already, but they're not working and we want to deepen them. And so in that way, that's where we suggest, yeah, let's go through this because it will, it's easier for someone outside like myself to come in and help move that relationship forward and cement it than it is for them because they've sort of got into this perpetual going to the movies cycle. Um, so def definitely you are you are quite right. Um, I think you're absolutely quite, you know, you're also right in terms of th the size of the CPA sort of doesn't matter. I mean, there are, there are pros and cons. Obviously, slightly bigger, they tend to have slightly more clients and bigger clients. But equally, the smaller CPA is much easier to change their behavior. So we, we work with both and we work successfully with both. And there's just a final comment on what you said before I get to the other part. Um, you, you're quite right. I mean, there's this dawning realization from CPAs, especially the smaller ones, that, you know, what they are, I always talk about it as a pizza and what the CPA is offering to their client is just one slice of a pizza, but those clients need another six or seven slices of pizza. And so exactly the way you talk about the opportunities with wealth planning or, or business advisory or so on, the, the CPA does open their eyes to that and think, actually, I could be positioned as what I call, not just trusted, but the most relevant advisor to my clients and be that sort of gatepost to all those other services. So that was my comment on your comment. Um, <laughs> the second part of the question was the business advisory side of it. And in, in the same way, you see, what we do with um, uh, this sort of proactive process is we put the clients or the CPA puts the clients with the advisor through a diagnostic. And essentially one of the things where, I mean, the way I've always described it back in my Latham's days, you know, I used to say, we've got this great big accounting supermarket full of stuff. And on one side of the supermarket is personal planning uh, products. On the other side of the supermarket is sort of business products. And, you know, they could go either way. But let's imagine in this case that they want to go down the business advisory route. Then essentially we have a process which is a little bit like ASK, but it's called train on the tracks. Um, and, and, and we teach the accountant to get the business owners train on the tracks. And again, it's a little bit like, you know, get them to do something. So they do a little diagnostic and then we do, then we have a, a one hour review meeting with that business owner client. And if you remember, I said they were typically going to be between 1 million and 20 million revenue. And that's what we, by the way, that's what we built Latham's on. And you see, I recognized that Latham's 20 odd years ago, because at first I thought they were all different, these businesses. And then I realized they were all the same, <laughs> or certainly those ones in the in-between zone, they were all the same. And the real common ingredient was that the business owner was what I call a plate spinner. And, and, and you know, and I always had, had this little number in my head, which I said, I always said to these business owners, you know, I think you're really good at spinning plates. You can probably spin about 15 and I'm sure you can get a bit better and you can spin 16 or 17. Do you think you'll ever spin 30? I double your size and they said no and I said so definition of insanity you keep on trying to spin plates and then hope for your business to grow and so that that review meeting essentially brings it home to the business advice or the business owner they're a plate spinner they're stuck in a way of working which has been great at getting them to where they are but will not get them to where they want to get to we better do something different and, and so what we then 
next step of that train on the tracks is to say, shall we do a vision workshop? Shall we actually spend some proper time thinking about your business? Shall we concentrate on those six key areas of business advice? Shall we come out with a one page plan? And maybe we'll hold you accountable to doing the stuff that you really want to do, which is then the accountant then becomes positioned sort of like a personal coach to that business owner. And the real key then for the CPA is that they've suddenly got a reason to meet with their business owner client every month or every couple of months. So they're meeting regularly. And that's the real point of the exercise, get closer to your clients. But that process, train on the tracks, similar to the ask process, but instead of it being helping the advisor to form a relationship with the accountant, this is helping the accountant to form a better relationship with their business owner clients. Yeah, well said, Paul. And um, just to clarify a couple pieces, <laughs> although what you shared was super clear, um, this is the value the advisor can provide to the CPA so that CPA can change their business. The second piece I want to share is that's what a lot of CPAs want. They, they actually want to change their accounting firm. And as advisors, what we want to do is we want just access to their wealth management clients, right? So sometimes you have to give a little to get a little. And really what Paul said before, if you listen closely, was brilliant, which is, and I think I probably think it's brilliant because he said he got the idea from me, but it keeps moving them along. And when you sit in a room with someone for a four hour workshop, I'm going back to the CPA now, and that CPA tells you everything about the business, the strengths, the weaknesses, the concerns, all of that. And you're looked at as a resource. You go from being a financial advisor that's trying to get business from the CPA to actually a resource broker or coach, right? Maybe it's through Paul and his team, but you're the person bringing the resource in. It's the same thing that the CPA is then doing with their business owner client. And what I mean by that is as the CPA wants to grow his or her business, what Hayden Rock and Paul does is they give a process that's easy to provide value to the business owner. So the CPA actually is basically in a spot that they can actually do it with some help. But they're then in a position that they could take a, a million dollar a year business or a five million or 10 or $20 million a year business. And as Paul likes to say, there's two, two, two different kind of things that clients are looking for. They're either looking to grow profits or they're looking for destination planning. And generally, if a client is five years or longer till they want to sell the business, they're ultimately looking right to grow the business. If they're five years or shorter, then we have to help them prepare that business to sell to ultimately maximize the monetization of selling the business. That's all a big part of the business advisory process. Now, here's the best part about it. Most business owners are not as focused on their personal financial situation, as we all know as advisors, as they should be. They're focused on their baby or their business. So the way to get higher net worth clients is to actually focus on the business owners in CPAs businesses. And if you help them to grow their business and move their EBITDA from a million to a million three or 2 million, et cetera, or get their business ready to be sold, do you not think that that particular client is gonna be really interested in giving you their personal assets, 401k, insurance business, et cetera. And, and that's where the gold is and where um, I saw, and I know I'm, I'm going down a rabbit hole here, but I'm excited. So I got to go. Um, I, I got involved with Hayden Rock probably five years ago, Paul. Was that yeah, maybe, four, maybe four. Yeah. It's, it's, a while, it's a while back. It's, it feels like forever, John. You know. yep, it sure does. You're not <laughs> um, but four, four ish, five ish years ago, whatever it actually was, but what was interesting is what attracted me to it, and we're not going to talk about all the cool technology Paul uh, and his company have built, but there's technology that makes it really scalable and easy to do this, maybe another episode on that. But it's eerily similar to the financial planning process. Hmm. So I've delivered for years, as most of our listeners have, comprehensive financial planning around helping clients achieve their goals. And there's a process, Paul, what is it called? 
It's a process, John. A process, thank you. A process that we followed. Um, what Paul has built for an accountant or a CPA is a process in order to provide business advisory services. And if it's, it's really just as simple as the financial planning process. Now, avid listeners of ours know I'm a big believer in charging financial planning advice for intellectual capital separately, right, from our investments. Paul's a big believer in an accounting firm charging separately for their backwards looking compliance advice versus their forward looking advisory advice. So yep. it's really, really similar. And in my opinion, financial advisors are in the best spot to influence CPAs to make this change. But the reality of it is without a partnership, in my opinion, because I couldn't figure it out on my own, with, without a partnership with a firm or a person like Paul and, and Hayden Rock, it becomes really difficult to have all of the resources to actually affect that change within a CPA firm. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree, John. And I, I mean, you know, you mentioned there about the, uh, the business owner regarding the business as their baby. And you see, that's what we built Latham's on. Because um, we, 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 by the way, had a wealth planning business as well as our accounting business. But we recognized it was way easier to start a relationship with a business owner by focusing on their baby and helping bring their baby along. And that's where we concentrated. We targeted what I've described as those in-between zone businesses, and we helped them to grow and we helped them to destination plan. And in forming that close relationship, we became really close. And then things like the wealth planning just became a natural consequence. And I mean, you know, in terms of Latham's, our, our you know, totally best way of making money was to grow a client, sell it, then realize their cash, then they had obviously tons of wealth planning opportunities and that, that was all that was all good. Um, so yeah, that whole thing about uh, concentrating on that. And I think the other thing is, and, and we do this in the vision workshop, is we get the advice, when we're doing this pairing up of the advisor and the accountant, I mean, this is a generality, but it's a fairly typical one. We use a little thing called a DISC profile, D-I-S-C. And so what we begin to get them to both realize or recognize is that they work together better as a team. And very typically, the advisor will bring more of the D or the drive or the I and the influencing. And very typically, the accountant will bring more of the S or the stability and the C, which is the compliance, but in this case, attention to detail. And so you've got the accountant who brings the steadfastness and the attention to detail, which is why the client trusts them. And the advisor brings that drive and influencing and together they form a much better team t-e-a-m together we achieve more uh, or together you know, each achieves more and um and they have that realization and then the advisor becomes just part of the team we position them as part of the team we call it the proactive planning team it's on the website and they're, and they're side by side the advisor and the accountants your proactive planning team and behind the scenes is this great big virtual family office of experts to help them. And so it's that dawning realization, this is the way to actually get into the client and this is the way that we can work together better. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I could share, obviously, Paul, I've, I've seen the benefit with advisors that I coach, um, that I've partnered with you, uh, advisors that we coach together through the mastermind group and then within my own practice. I mean, I, I could share, Probably three of my firm's best relationships, I, I hate to say this, Paul, cover your ears, are because of Paul's influence, right? Because Paul got in there. Uh, we already had relationships with firms, right? We were doing wealth management, but we weren't necessarily getting to their most sophisticated clients because the most sophisticated client isn't going to take time to talk about their $5 million or $10 million portfolio. Like it or not, they're with someone already and they're happy where they are and they're busy like we all are as business owners, right? For a lot of our listeners, uh, whether you're independent or not, you're a business owner, right? We don't have the time to pay attention sometimes to our own personal finances. But when the CPA is able to call that business owner and go, I could help you grow your business, and I've got this virtual family office of experts that can help reduce your taxes, right? 
with different planning techniques, when you couple those two things together, all of a sudden that CPA becomes reliant on you because of the resource you're bringing in as a partner and a leader. And I'll, I'll share, I've got this nice, nice little slide um, that we created years ago, right? Um, and I don't remember the slide you know, verbatim, but I can share this with you. The last piece of the slide, when you went through the whole process, was you have to, have to actually get to a point where the CPA views you as the advisor, as the consultant, as someone who's going to help them build their business, not just as their outsource wealth management division. And that to me is really what HRS or Hayden Rock Solutions actually does. So, you know, Paul, can you just drill down a little deeper on um, not maybe just a little bit on how advisors use the, the virtual family office, as you call it, uh, that you've developed for CPA firms? Yeah, I mean, and as you say, I mean, first of all, it's, it is driven by technology. And one of the key things, and you used the word, I think, earlier in this podcast, John, you talked about making things more tangible. And you see, this whole service that we're talking about, proactivity, value adding, all sorts of it's all very intangible. And I always say to whether it's any business person, accountant, advisor, you know, part of what we've got to try to do is make this thing feel real. And I said, you know, imagine you're selling a Coca-Cola shaped bottle, that then everyone can imagine exactly what a Coca-Cola shaped bottle looks like. If you say, imagine a virtual family office, I mean, yeah, they probably don't understand that. Um, so what we do is we built it into the technology so that it feels real, it looks real. There's broadly five areas. There's, there's wealth planning, there's insurance planning and so on, business advisory, tax, legal. Um, but what the advisor and the accountant do is they basically form their teams and we allow so it can be tailored any way they like. If they've got people they already like working with, they can just become part of the team. If there's people on our sort of, if you like, pro forma virtual family office that are in any way competing with them, we just take them off the team. It's one click of a button. So that virtual family office is basically that accountants and that advisors team, very tangible, we can see it on the screen, we can see their bios, can click a button and arrange a meeting. So it feels real. And the way we then position this in terms of the, the initial presentation to the client is, you know, here's what we're doing as the proactive planning team locally. We're here to maximize your potential and to become your go-to team of advisors. That's our job. Here's how we're gonna do it. And obviously you've got all the resources in-house that you already know and love, but to the extent you have problems outside of that, we can introduce you to an expert. And the great benefit is that we've already done our due diligence on these people. We know them, we trust them. And they just then feel like part of that team. And suddenly, as you say, the business owner thinks, oh, I can get someone in to help me with my cultural change or my leadership or my whatever. And, and suddenly the, the, the accountant and the advisor together are right at the center with the client. They're offering this holistic, proactive advice, the ability to drag people in as and when they're required. And the real key thing is it feels real to the client. It's not like an ephemeral, vague you know, proactivity. What does that mean? I, I'm gonna sell you some proactivity. Well, I don't know how, uh, uh. what you're gonna to try to do is box the thing up. So we're creating a box of service that's sort of as predictable as a Coca-Cola shaped bottle. Here's my box of proactivity. Or would you like a bigger box of proactivity? And here's what it costs. And as you say, John, the real essence of that is shape what I call shaping the customer experience. In this case, we're shaping proactivity in that proactive service. And we're allowing the accountant and the advisor to essentially charge the client for that. And the client says, yeah, I'd like a small box of proactivity or a medium-sized box or a great big box of proactivity. And they all cost different amounts, but because we've boxed them and defined them and shaped them, they feel real. And in fact, not, not only do they feel real, they, they are real. Yeah, no, extremely well said. It's, um, it's amazing the parallels, right? And really what we're doing is, again, all of what Paul is describing, it, it, that family office is really living in the CPA firm. It's not living in your financial planning practice. You might actually solve for the financial planning and the risk management, uh, meaning the insurance uh, end of the business, but the CPA is looking bigger. The CPA is looking better. The CPA has more resources 
and can, uh, you know, to use Paul's words, um, be more proactive, right? Mm -hmm. And that's really the key to the thing. You're again, I keep saying the same thing because it's um, so clear to me, the, the, the issue that financial advisors have in partnering with CPAs is the, the advisor is only coming in, sometimes it works and saying, I could do the investments and the insurance for you. And the CPA is going to industry conferences saying you need to become more proactive. You need to do value-based billing. You can't just look backwards all the time. You need to look forward for your clients or you're gonna be left behind. And while financial planning is a piece of it, it's not the whole enchilada. And if you can help them actually solve for the whole enchilada, mm -hmm. right? ultimately you get everything and you get their best clients and you really crack the code. And that's something, you know, just to the audience to be uh, you know, totally transparent. Um, I've worked with CPAs since 2001 and I wasn't getting the whole enchilada, right? I was just getting the mass affluent investment business. And that's mostly what we still get today to be fully, fully transparent. I saw this opportunity with Paul and Hayden Rock and thought it could help me get it to the next level with my CPA firms and go up market to bigger, better CPA firms. And not until probably the last 12 months have we actually figured out how to take all the stuff Paul built and start to monetize it. But man, it's exciting because I'm seeing it work today and the type of firms we're attracting and those that were in fully, it took a while, you know, truth be told, to get the CPAs to adapt. But as they're starting to do it, it's like, I'm their best friend and Paul's their best friend and they just want more and more and more because it really ha is having a major impact. You're quite right, John. I mean, it's, I mean, it's really what you're saying there is what you're doing is you're solving the CPA's problem. You're solving their problem with how to transition and you're also solving that problem of how can I compete as a very, typically a relatively small CPA firm and how can I compete against the bigger, the, the bigger, you know, massive, massive uh, CPA firms, and you're bringing that benefit to them, and essentially you, you then get that reward that you've described, John. And yeah, I mean, it, it can come in this. I mean, interestingly, we talked about the way the accountants have changed, and the, the accountants are changing. They've changed a lot in the last eight years, and typically the ones we're now working with, you know, they've already started to reposition themselves. I mean, one this week. This is a guy who decided a couple of years ago he was only going to do turnarounds, and he's really good at it. He's got you know, 25 clients or so, but he takes them and grows them. But what he doesn't do is any of the other, other CPA stuff. He was telling me a story this week. I've got a client I've grown so successfully, they've got $10 million in the bank, and they're asking me what to do with it. And because I, all I concentrate on is turnaround, I, I sort of said, I don't know, mate. Um, but, but now, because I've got my advisor working with me and my virtual family office, I can steer. And he said, for me, that's great, because I'm going to keep that client and I'm going to be, become the most relevant advisor to that client. And I'm not just a one trick pony. And, you know, so these CPAs are really now seeing the, the, the benefits of these liaisons and, and, and helping them to change. No, love it, Paul. And we're, we're seeing it in our practice and with the advisors that we coach as well. So sadly, my friend, um, we didn't banter as much as I expected, by the way. So that's... By the way, we never did get to the second question you asked, John. But, uh, you know, there's a bit of banter for you. <laughs> that's part of the shtick, Paul. <laughs> you failed my test. I always ask two questions. Uh, you're in the 83% who never answered the second question. <laughs> I've got 30 seconds. No, no, no. I won't try and do it now, but I can remember the question. I just never quite got there. Yes. Unfortunately, I lost $50 because I bet you would be one who actually uh, would remember. But anyway, <laughs> um, with that being said, um, I, I enjoyed our conversation today. Um, we're just about out of time. What I did want to do is um, give you a minute, anything that you didn't hit uh, that you might want to share with the audience. And then before we wrap, I'm going to let everyone uh, kind of know where they find you website, email, whatever the best way uh, to meet you. And I'm going to put you on the spot, Mr. Latham. Uh, I've got about 10 more hours of stuff we could do together. Uh, would, would you come back if I asked? Of course I'd come back if you asked, John. If, nice. you, asked, if you asked nicely, anyway. <laughs> Fantastic. So, Paul, anything um, that I didn't ask you or anything you want to... Uh, I think the biggest thing is, I think I, I actually, and this is truthful, I, I think the opportunity is now... 
I, I, you see, I've been, I talked about that shift from aspirational to critical and from latent to blatant. And those accountants are there. And the last 12 months has accelerated them massively. And you see, I always talk about the, at the moment for an accountant, there's the opportunity to not only survive, but thrive. But if they wait much longer, they're going to be in the, you know, they're going to be in the rear of the train. Um, so I actually think the next 12 months is like absolutely critical time for getting getting into these accountants and actually helping them to change now while they still have an opportunity to look different. Because if they don't, they'll be way behind the train. Yeah, no, couldn't couldn't agree with you more. There might be some tax laws changing, I hear, huh? So that possibly, yeah. Yeah, so that generally creates some more uh more planning opportunities for CPAs. And it seems like the estate planning world's gonna change and tax. I mean, there's just lots of change and with change comes opportunity. So, hey, Paul, this was awesome. Uh, as always, you are extremely insightful. Um, one, of, one of the best business people I've ever met uh, in my entire life. So I think, you know, I have the utmost respect. I've learned a ton from you. I wanna publicly thank you to our billions of listeners, just joking, uh, on our way, hopefully. but. Uh, Honestly, a lot of what I've learned from you and your business and planning concepts, I've been able to take not only to my CPA relationships, but to my own business and help me grow a better business myself. So thank you for that. Uh, it really is truly appreciated. And Paul, where- Well, thank you, John, by the way, it is reciprocated. And, and, and you know, I'm not just saying this, but I think, well, I've learned from you likewise, you know, it's the leader, it's the leader, it's always the leader. It um, sure is, Paul. <laughs> I, I had a vision and a plan and a desire. <laughs> desire, yeah. So. <laughs> no, no I, it's, it is mutual. And I, by the way, I also believe this. I mean, I, I think we form a pretty good team. 100%, absolutely, yes. Um, so if, if, Paul, if I had such a thing as a uh, cut and consulting group hat or t-shirt, I'd send you some swag, but we don't have any. So maybe- uh, maybe have some virtual swag. <laughs> What's that? Virtual swag? Some virtual swag, yes. Uh, envision it looking like a Coca-Cola bottle. Uh, <laughs> there it is. So Paul, where do uh, our guests find you if they uh, if they wanted to get in touch with you via email or uh, LinkedIn or your website? What's the best approach? Easily the best way is email with me, which is platham, P-L-A-T-H-A-M for mother, at haydenrock.com. Or they can go to haydenrock.com website. But I think the, the easiest way for me is email. Um, plathom at haydenrock.com Fantastic. Well, Paul, hey, thanks again. We really appreciate you taking the time. We would love to have you back again uh, for sure. We'll have all Paul's information in our show notes. Uh, and again, everyone, thank you for listening in. I hope you found today valuable. Uh, hopefully you learned a couple of lessons uh, on how to really, really cement those relationships uh, with your current CPA partnerships uh, and CPA partnerships that you hope to build in the future. So with that being said, thanks for joining another episode of Quantum Growth for Financial Advisors. If you know anyone, uh, or for that matter, you yourself might be a good guest for our show, uh, feel free to shoot us an email. Uh, or if you have any suggestions for any future topics, uh, feel free to shoot us an email as well. So with that, I hope everyone has a great day. And thanks again for tuning in. Thank you for listening to today's episode. You can find the episode show notes and subscribe for updates by visiting cuttonconsultinggroup.com forward slash podcast. Make sure to subscribe and download the episodes on your favorite podcast app, and we'll see you next week.